This is the Infatuation Podcast, where we get together with a few friends and talk about Asian things and Asian people that we love. I'm Curtis, and on today's episode, we are talking about the past, present, and future of the wildly popular phenomenon known as K-pop. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Infatuation Podcast. Today, um, I say this every episode, but I am clearly not an an expert on today's topic. Today's topic is one that we have to do. If we're going to do an Infatuation Podcast, we have to talk about K-pop because it is... It is huge. It is big. It is something that people are talking about. And so we wanted to talk about this when we did our music episode, but the people I had on that on that show were, were definitely not into K-pop at all. So I had to bring in some people who know a little bit more about this subject, and I couldn't think of anyone better than the two I have with me today. So I have with us, we have all the way from Southern California, we have Flores. Welcome, Flores. Hi. You're like, this is kind of awkward. <laughs> I should say, Floris, Floris is a relative. Floris is, you ready for this? One of my favorite cousin-in-laws. I think the, the favorite cousin-in-law. No, 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 no. Well, let's not get, get carried away, Don't because also joining us is my other favorite cousin-in-law. Yeah. We have Nathan. Welcome, Nathan. Hello. And right now, you know, Crystal and Alfred are just yelling at their uh, yelling at their radios right now. What about us? What? A- well, you know, you got to come on the pod if you want to be favorite status. You have to come on to the podcast. But welcome, guys. Flores, how would you describe yourself? Would you? Uh, who's your number one? Like, would you say your army or your um, blink first? I think. All time favorite would have to be Big Bang. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my current favorite, I would say BTS, either BTS or 17, and then girl group would definitely be Blackpink. All right, oh, definitely. So, yeah, Nate, how about you? What would you say you listen to more than any other band? Uh, so I think it's almost in the same realm as Flores. So, originally, it's like a lot of epic high in the beginning, uh, Big Bang. And then nowadays, it's a lot of like uh, GOT7, BTS, and girl groups say BTS is just killing it right now. Yeah. Um, and plus, you can sing along. You can sing along in English. I mean, you can sing along <laughs> in Korean, too. <laughs> it may not be right, but you can still sing along. <laughs> yeah, well, you could. I don't know if I could. But uh, yeah, all right. So let's get I've got a couple questions for y'all, uh, just so the audience can get to know you a little better. Um, Flores, when did you start getting into K-pop? Um, I've been into K-pop since like 2008. I honestly thought it was just going to be a phase, but here I am like oh, 10 years later and I'm still super into K-pop. Was it a friend who got you into it? Um, yeah, it's actually how I met my best friend. Um, her phone went off in class and it was a Big Bang song. And I went up and asked her about it after I was like, oh, what song is it? And then here I am now. <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line to use when you want to make a new friend. Say, hey, what song is that? I like that. That's cool. So that was high school? Um, middle school for me. Oh, that was middle school. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that is how friendships are formed a lot of times. Like, who are you listening to, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, so I think K-pop unites. K-pop definitely, brings people together. Definitely. <laughs> but it could also divide, right? If you, if you have a friend and they're not into it, it's like, well, can we even be friends? I think, yeah. I mean, I've like, I have a lot of friends who are also into K-pop. I don't think we've ever had, like, even though we do have disagreements, it's still like a lovely conversation we still have. We talk about like our idols, you know, people that they idolize or really like. Yeah. I mean, that's how it started with me. I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying to have conversation with students, right? Because I work with high schoolers. And, you know, what are they listening to? What are they into? And, you know, they're into K-pop. So I'll, I'll try to get to know a little bit about certain subjects so I can at least not be zero knowledge, right? So I can talk to them and say, hey, what is, what is that? So that's kind of how I got started. But we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, okay. So was it, was it for Nate, for you, it was mostly high school? Or? I don't know. God, I remember this, I think, back in middle school. I think it was Ooh. in the like eighth grade moving on. So that was really far back for me. Um actually, yeah, no, I think sorry, it was about the same two thousand eight. But I don't know if you guys remember, this used to be an old game called Mabel Story. Uh-huh. So Mabel Story, they had a lot of MVs, you know, music videos. Yeah, so yeah. I would watch them and I think it came up with Big Bang, uh either Horror Horror or Lies, and that's how I got into K pop. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you didn't even necessarily know it was K-pop, right? Just yeah, kind of... I didn't even know. I yeah. literally just listened to it. I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. Um, I started looking at that band, um, and I was like, wow, a lot of their music are pretty good. And then uh, I learned that it was K-pop. And then a thing I did before, because I, I used to download all my music on YouTube illegally. Well, no, I think, I think that's what I think they know. They know it's getting done, right? They're putting it up there. So I I used to Google like uh top fifty uh K pop songs of that year or and month. Yeah. And yeah. then I would like download the best ones. No, I, I think I think the visuals and we'll get into this, right? But I think the music by itself, I mean let's be a little bit honest, it's it's not like the best music. Per se. I, like, I think that's debatable. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> but when you pair when you but when you pair it with the video, you pair it with the video. It it's a different level. So when you're in the car, even though you're playing it audio, you know, just audio, you can picture the video in your head, and it makes it that. I think it makes it that much richer. Actually, I don't listen to a lot of the videos, or listen, mm. or watch, or I guess watch them. So you listen first. I listen. Yeah, ears first. I think the you I think YouTube has really helped K-pop a lot. I mean, with um, you know the early two thousands or mid two thousands was when YouTube was blowing mm-hmm. up at the same time yeah. as K-pop, and I think it kind of went hand in hand. It was I mean they they don't put ugly people in K-pop bands, right? You know they know Isn't that subjective. Okay, okay, all right, yeah. all right. Wow. I do I do think they put some ugly people up there. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But, but we won't name anyway. We don't. Yeah, we we don't want to get so much hate mail. Yeah. We're gonna get snip, snip, snip. Cancel them. Tell you. <laughs> and I think growing up Asian, you know, in in this country, I think seeing Asians, you know, killing it on videos or killing it on stage is something that you know, for my generation, we never saw. Right? We never saw um, people that look like us dominating pop scene you know for for my generation even even all the way down to people in their 30s right i think 
it, there was a huge void for Asian Americans or just people wanting to see people that look like them and represent them in the pop scene. You just didn't have it, you know, growing up. So it's definitely a phenomenon that I see, you know, a lot with Asian kids. And it's not just Asian kids. But I think there's a certain certain pride that comes with seeing people that look beautiful and seeing people that look look amazing, can dance amazing, super dance, you know, super dancers, super talented people. I think that's, I don't know, there's a source of pride for me watching it a little bit. I would agree. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of pride, but there's also a sense of another beauty standard that's hard to obtain. But mm-hmm. I think that that's like another too. story. Yeah, it's not all perfect. You know, we'll talk about the trainee system <laughs> a little bit about the the trials and tribulations of K-pop stars a little bit. Oh yeah, that's but the ones who are making it seem to be um, in a good <laughs> place. So I'm gonna do uh, now, Flores. You got to help me out, Nate. Help me out a little bit with this. I'm gonna do a little history of K-pop. So please chime in. Uh, I don't even remember. I should give credit to the site that I got this off. <laughs> I was, I'm not going to lie. I was actually going to Google. I Googled part of this, too. Because I was yeah, like, right? oh, we're going to talk about this? Oh, I don't want to feel less fine. <laughs> well, because this is a little ancient history for some of, you, some of you guys, right? A little bit going back to the 90s, right? So <laughs> There was know. actually a K-pop group back in, like, the 60s. Yeah, I mean, well, there's been popular music yeah. in Korea for decades. Um, so it's that's always debatable yeah. when it actually did start. But I think most people point to like the late '80s, kind of where the 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 concept of boy bands and girl bands kind of came out, and and that coincided with you know new kids on the block here in America <laughs> and different R and B, you know, um, new edition and stuff like that. So in the late '80s, um, there was kind of a revolution in in South Korea, and it's hard to remember that. You know, South Korea just got out of the war. No, just, but the war ended in the 50s. And so as an, as a country, they were only like 30 years old in the 80s. So they were just kind of figuring themselves out. And in the 80s was when big corporations started coming up, like Samsung and Hyundai. And, you know, the Olympics in 88. If you guys watch, you know, Reply 80, 1988 <laughs> or other shows, that was kind of a pivotal year for South Korea. Mm-hmm. It was 1988. And so that's when kind of they were thrust onto the international stage a little bit and more influences were coming in. And so there was a there was a guy and a band called Sotechi. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of him? He's kind of, most people point to him as kind of the, the, the guy who started the whole American style music and kind of the rap and the hip hop, but with Korean lyrics. And this is also when like the big producers came online, like the DSP, SM, and it got systematic and they, they kind of perfected the system, right? Like they, the whole machinery of producing music. Do you know much about this era, Flores? Um, just... sort of. I think um, YG or the old CEO of YG was also in Soteji. So I think after that, mm-hmm. he was able to gain some experience and start his own company. Um, but yeah, I think Soteji and like HOT were kind of what kickstarted um, K-pop, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I don't know if you know, you know, SES, yeah, have you heard of SES and Finkel? So this is like 90s. Now we're in the 90s. And so these acts kind of blew up and the whole um, dressing, the costumes kind of took off. And the fandom, the fandom was another level that just started in the 90s where you would have these huge groups of supporters and they were probably the most dedicated fan bases that people had ever seen. Right? You've seen fans before, you know, Elvis and the Beatles, Rolling Stones. They all had their fans, right? But the Korean, South Koreans took that fandom to a whole nother level. And it really created this, this real, this phenomenon that is grown from there into where we are now. And we started to see solo acts you guys are you fans of boa or rain yeah Yeah. boa yes they're like the the queen you know the queen of Mm -hmm. k-pop so she came out in the late 90s and then yeah so we started to see the 2000s and that's kind of when you guys got into it uh, where a lot of people got into it was super junior wonder girls Mm. big bang with g dragon 21, you know, FX. These are these are the bands. And of course, our girls from San Francisco in Girls' Generation <laughs> right, came out in, what was that, 2007, I think? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, so they blew up. So the 2000s, I, I think, is kind of kind of a sweet spot for K-pop. What would you say for you guys? I think I'm... I like groups the most from the second generation. So anywhere they debuted from like mid 2000s to early 2010s would be my favorite K-pop groups, I feel like. I would agree. Plus it was more original right now. It seems like there's more copying of old stuff. I mean, that also makes sense to an extent because there's people who have like progressed and done certain things. And then now people are just kind of copying their style or music because they kind of laid out the format. I mean, you can yeah. kind of say that with American music, too. I mean, yeah. there's so many people in American music who take samples of um, older generation music. Right. Yeah, no, there's nothing original. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always borrowing. And, you know, you could say K-pop borrowed from America. But now I think America's looking at Korea and kind of like, hey, how, how can we do this? Because this is pretty big. I think we're at an interesting time in music history where we're starting to see... Asian bands influencing the American scene. So, so yeah. So we had some huge groups come out. Uh, when did BTS come out, Flores? Um, 2013. So 2013. Um, and just kind of in a way, you know, after after some of those bands that we mentioned before, you're kind of like, well, can anyone be bigger than Girls' Generation? Can anyone be bigger than Big Bang or Super Junior? Right. And then along comes. More super bands, you know, and and we'll see, we'll see what the future holds. I mean, you never never say never on on South Korea, right? They're coming out with new stuff, new bands every week. Seems like, um, oh, you know who we forgot to mention, and I don't know if I, I mean, no one likes this song, but in 2012, Sai, um, remember Sai? <laughs> no one likes this song. I don't know anyone who likes this song, but it's catchy as heck, and the video, right? The cheesy mm-hmm. dance scene. Gangnam Style. 
I remember them playing like so. I you know I work at a high school and they have this kind of Spirit Week, you know, song and dance competition. And I remember in 2012, some kids played that song for their routine, and it was kind of like that was the first time I'd ever heard like Asian music being played at this pep rally, you know. And I thought that was that was a moment. That I think America was kind of like, who are these guys? What are they all about? You know. So yeah, he broke the record on YouTube, most watched YouTube mm-hmm. video of all time for a minute. I think has Blackpink. No, they they BTS and Blackpink keep going back and forth on the first twenty four hours, right when yeah. they dropped the video. Did Lisa just break it? Did Lisa just break it this week too? Um, I I'm actually not sure on that. I haven't been keeping up because of grad school and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you must be so busy with grad school. I don't know how you do it. Aren't you in grad school too, Nate? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> he's, just being, he's just being sarcastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we'll see we'll see what the future holds, right? Um, no one knows. Will you think BTS will fizzle out, or you think they're just gonna keep building? I think they're gonna keep building. I mean, at the moment, a lot of their songs are hit after hit after hit. You know, yeah. they are killing it. Even with their songs, like, I personally don't like them in the beginning. I and mean, they they catch on, you know, they grow into you. They just got named, I think Rolling Stone came out with their top 500 songs of all time. Oh. Which is a big deal. Yeah. And and Dynamite made it onto the list. So first, first Asian song to make it to Rolling Stone's top 500, which is kind of big deal of all time so this yeah. includes the beatles and everybody they even got um nominated for grammys i think this past year oh yeah, yeah so i think they're definitely gonna keep going especially with um kind of a change in direction recently i think before they only made korean music and they kind of took pride in that but recently they've been really seeing more um english music and more i guess in my opinion more american pop vibes type of songs so i think they will definitely uh, gain more fans in america or more mainstream media i guess but do you think they'll lose their like fans in korea i don't, I don't think so armies are hardcore <laughs> are so bright-sided <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they're even coming with the president right the... yeah they were into the UN. He's like, who should I bring as my special ambassadors? And he brings over BTS. Oh, yeah. They're like the number three. I think K-pop is the number three export out of South I, Korea. It, it might be number one. It's, I, don't, I thought skincare really? was up there. Don't call me on well, that. Well, there's though. electronics, cars, skincare, and K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like keeping the economy afloat. But it's huge. I mean, when the president says, I need you to come with me. Yeah, well, I think it's because BTS has such a huge influence on their fans. Um, yeah. And what they do and how they motivate and push their fans to do what they love and whatnot. Or that's kind of the message behind a lot of their songs and who their band is about. So I could see why that the president would choose them to go with him. Oh, oh heck yeah. Yeah. No, you want to be you want people screaming whenever you enter a room. I mean, <laughs> Bring BTS with you. All right. Let's get into a couple challenges. Uh, I wanted to ask you to help me uh, recommend some K-pop band. Now, I know there's probably folks out there, you know, we got we got people in their 30s, 40s, 50s out there listening to this podcast thinking to themselves, I don't I don't like K-pop. I, you know, I'm too old for K-pop. It's for kids, right? So maybe we can change their mind. Maybe not. But uh, I thought it'd be fun to do this episode just to 
there's probably people out there wondering what it's all about. Um, so the first two questions we're going to talk about are kind of entry-level K-pop stuff. Uh, maybe things that got you into it or things that might help influence someone who has never listened to K-pop before. So the first challenge I want to throw your way is what is your what is a band you would recommend kind of as a gateway or what was your let's start with this let's what was your gateway band that kind of got you into we talked about it a little bit but maybe you can you can pick more than one if you want do you kind of remember the moment and has your relationship with this band changed at all or or will they always hold a place in your heart so uh let's go with floris floris what was your gateway band i think you mentioned big bang but you can mention another Mm -hmm. one if you want or talk more about big bang Um, definitely big bang yeah, that's what kind of got me into 21, Shiny, Beast, who is now Highlight, um, Super Junior, and all those groups during that era. Um, but Big Bang has always held a place in my heart. Um, I think it will always, even though there's been controversies in the last few years, but we won't get into okay. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think just their music has had a huge influence on me and has helped me through a lot, especially back then. You have a song you want to recommend to us? Um, let's see. Let's not do something so crazy. Yeah, don't scare the <laughs> listeners here. Um, I feel like let me see. I would say I'm gonna go with the OG Haru Haru. Yeah, I think that would be my suggestion. I think so too. I think this shows how different um, music videos were back then versus now. Back then was all about like the storyline, the love stories. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, like, if you were to compare this to Fantastic Baby, so different. Do you have a bias, Flores? Who's your favorite? GD. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think Taehyung's better. Are they performing at all now? Um, they haven't really been active recently. All right. Okay, so we got a, a, a big bang. You got a second rec for us? Someone else that maybe um, got you into it? Um, 21 is also up there. I think that's a good group to listen to as well. All right. What song should we do from them on this? Um, I really like either Lonely or... We'll go by views here. We got 89 million views of Lonely. I like Lonely. Come Back Home is also good. Come Back Home is 98 million views. Let's try it. Have any of these girls gone so Um, yeah, they're disbanded now, and they all kind of make music besides Dara, who's on the screen right now. Um, she kind of just, she acts a little bit, but she also is mostly just in variety shows and whatnot. Uh, I think I wanted to show 21 too because we did talk about how K 
K-pop is very focused on visuals and just like good, quote unquote, good looking people. But I think 21 was one of the few, first few girl groups that came out that weren't traditionally up to Korean standards in terms of beauty and whatnot. Yeah. So like long hair, long dark hair, skinny, perky, and just, yeah. Long legs. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Nate? Who was your kind of gateway band? I think you mentioned Big Bang too, but is yeah. It... So I mentioned Big Bang, but I think another one was Epic High. Oh, Epic High. Yeah, Epic High. I think like I still remember it. Like Love, Love, Love is like one of my favorites, um, and still will be one of my favorites. Um, I was actually supposed to go to one of their concerts in November 2019, I believe. I was going to go with one of my great cousins, uh, was great cousin, I guess uh... I would say now. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, there was a little fallout. I was forgotten. I wasn't really, you know, thought of. So it's oh. totally fine. I mean, I was forgiven. I mean, it might have been a pandemic as well. I believe it, 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 it was before oh. the pandemic. I will say that. Yeah, oh. it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, it's totally fine. Uh, it doesn't sound totally fine, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that most of these bands in the after like the 2000s started going with English names, right? Like that was kind of, or I guess they have both, right? Like girls generation had a Korean name and an English mm-hmm. name. How do you guys feel about that? That they're like assimilating? Well, you know, they do have to sell records. They do, but they can still sell records with their Korean names. Yeah. I don't know if a kid in Iowa though. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's like, I don't know if this is a little out of topic, but like you know how there's there's certain people like they change their names and how like we're able to pronounce or we are like trying to pronounce like German names or French names, but when it comes to like Asian names, like we ask them to have like an American name, mm-hmm. you know. So we try hard to pronounce those names, but we're not going to try hard, or there's a less emphasis on trying hard on Asian names. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I deal with that in the high school, right? We were talking about, um, I think we were talking about that when we were talking about Shang-Chi, and that there's a scene in there where, you know, he he says he changed his name from Shang to Sean, you know, and that's kind of a, a classic story in Asian immigrants, you know, when they move to this country, they f- sometimes feel it's easier for people to say it if I change my name. And I think K-pop did that initially so that they could get into like mainstream American music. Um, sure. And then it kind of just stuck throughout the years where even BTS has like a Korean name versus just BTS. I mean, I think with BTS too, they have like stage names. I think that's different though. Like stage mm-hmm. names and Korean names. Like, cause, you know, you keep that separate, you know? Yeah, it's kind of it's got a little colonialism yeah. feel to it, right? It's got a little a little bit of that. 
but it's also capitalism. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, also, true. yeah. That's probably bottom line is like, hey, if kids in Iowa and Texas, you know, can say black pink easier than they can say a Korean name, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Sell some records. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, I got a little sidetracked. But yeah, other than that, I would that opens the gateway to other songs. Um to like Super Junior, 2PM, uh, SNSD, uh, Wonder Girls. It definitely like opens up to that generation. Yeah, that was a good generation <laughs> of music. I think. Yeah, you're right there. You guys are the perfect age, right? Is it kind of? I, th- I mean, you're the second generation, but I think for Asian Americans, I feel like those bands were kind of the ones that people would know more than anything before that. Wait, Asian Americans would know anything like like I I feel like um if you if you asked people ten years ago so no maybe more than that fifteen years ago the name of a South Korean band they probably couldn't name one right but then ten years ago when you guys are in high school fifteen years ago when you guys are in high school no wait when when was two thousand eight was middle school yeah, for it was, you it was middle school for me yeah. So 13 years ago, if you asked people for the name of an Asian band, they might be able to name mm-hmm. you one, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah. in my high school days, <laughs> no one would know anything about anything Korean, you know, other than the Olympics, I mean, maybe. I don't know what you mean, but, like, we had more access to, like, computers and technology and the internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I definitely... No, I, I definitely went hand in hand, right? Like, if I wanted to get Asian music, <laughs> I had to know someone in Asia to get me a, a cassette or a CD <laughs> and mail me, you know, like get, find a bootleg in Chinatown, maybe. But uh, but yeah, for you for your generation, it was just a click away, right? So that, that really helped this gen- that your generation of music lovers. Uh, for me, like I said, I I had a student who was really into Blackpink, and they're like, oh, you should listen to this. And it was Blackpink, and it was kind of a couple years ago, five years ago, or four. Anyway, when when Blackpink was really just coming to America, and right before Coachella, and they were making their rounds like Good Morning America and James Corden, they were doing the night shows, and that's really when they blew up. And I I'd never heard of them before, or any any K-pop really, besides maybe Psy, right? But uh, so they were like, yeah, I should check them out. And at first, I wasn't really, you know, blown away by the music. But then once you watch the videos and you meet the personalities, and this is part of the plan, right? This is part of uh, YG's plan, JYP, SM. They all going to get you to know these these people. And so once you once you once I realized they speak English, I was like, hey, that's kind of new. That's different, right? They're speaking English. And their personalities are so great. You know, I think that's one of the thing about um, the trainee system is they kind of, they find people that are not only good dancers, not only good singers, not only good looking, but they have personality too. And they, you know, they just seem like people that you would just like to hang out with, right? And I think that's part of the, the plan is to get them on these shows, get them on variety shows, get them on interviews. And Blackpink does really well. You know, they do really well with the interviews, especially in English, right? So... That was kind of my my gateway was listening to a little whistle, maybe a little do 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 do, and their songs are so mm-hmm. catchy, right? They're so catchy, and uh, we should give a shout out to Teddy Park, right? He's he spent some time in America, his high school years in America. Do you know much about? Um, I don't know much about him. He just makes a lot of the songs for YG. 
he produces a lot of them. Yeah, he's super producer, right? And he kind of took Blackpink under his wing. Yeah, so a lot of their songs are so catchy. And there's enough, for me, there's enough English in them, so I kind of know what's going on, right? There's enough English. And the titles are all in English where you can kind of guess what the song is about and you hear a couple lyrics, you can sing along to a little bit of it at least. I'm not good enough to sing the, the Korean parts. But uh, yeah, you know, and they, that it was, it was kind of like, yeah, this isn't bad. And so, you know, my daughters got into it and so they started listening to it a little bit. And then, yeah, then they did Coachella and then they just kind of really blew up. Um, and they're just everywhere now. And, and yeah, their personalities just come across as just, I don't want to say normal because when you're a K-pop megastar, how normal can you be? But they, to me, they seem like people that are just grounded and not, you know, totally divas or vicious people, but they just seem like people that would be, be pretty cool to hang out with. And that, Flores, I know you like Blackpink, too. Do you have anything to say about um, Blackpink? I think Blackpink was one of the first groups that had more foreign um, members than Korean members. Three yeah. quarters, right? Three yeah, out of four. Yeah, so three out of four. I think that was super interesting because um, Jenny's from Australia? New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. I always get those two countries confused. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then there's Lisa from Thailand. And I think K-pop is also all about having those foreign members here and there too, so that they could Nowadays, draw yeah. fans from those countries because it's like, oh, look, this K-pop idol also speaks Thai or Japanese. Or yeah. From Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or Japanese. Yeah. I think yeah. that's another amazing thing. They like definitely have their music in so many languages. Yeah. I think that's crazy. Again, they're not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, we have Super Junior M. We have Super Junior J. You know, <laughs> we'll have little, little subgroups to uh, to go to different countries. Yeah, no, it's genius. Well, what are your favorite uh, Blackpink songs? You know what? I actually I actually like the ballads. So, uh, don't know what to do without you, Ooh. or hope not, or stay. I like the slow ones actually. Yeah, stay is definitely up there for me too. Um, it's so chill, idea. right? Yeah. What about you, Flores? Um, I don't know about one favorite song. I think. Okay, like if you had to pick a favorite, or if you just had to like show someone a song. I think it would definitely be "Stay" for me. Like the "Stay," yeah. Either stay or I also really like Forever Young, which is not very ballady, but I really like the rap in Forever Young that Jenny does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite would probably be uh, Love Sick Girls. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, they're super talented. Have you seen this show called Sea of Hope? It's a reality show, kind of this cafe on the ocean. And Rosé dropped by for a minute, and she did some solo mm-hmm. songs. Uh, she did um, some songs in English that I just thought would be hits. Yeah, she's so good. She's so talented. Well, you know, honestly, her vocals, on they, the ones they write for her with Blackpink never blew me away. Yeah, she just has a really unique voice. But in English, yeah, these, these vowels that are a little lower, like she's not as high-pitched... I really like them. On the corner of Main Street, just trying to keep it in light. You say I want to move on, and you say I'm falling behind. Can you read my mind? I never really gave up. I think this scene also shows how, like, down to earth they are, too. Yeah. But, you know, I'd buy this album, right, in America? Like, even not knowing she's Korean, I would. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really impressed with these Lisa girls. also just came out with a new song, I think, actually, this week or last week. Yeah. Oh, really? What was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Little Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Little Lisa. <laughs> uh, let me see how many. I think I don't know if it was a record, but she broke YouTube. I think with some yeah. twenty-four hours. She has and, a huge following in China and whatnot too. Uh yeah, and of course Thailand. She's like national yeah. hero in Thailand. <laughs> uh, One hundred seventy-one million views in one week. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I think that's another big thing, too. I think, like... I wish she did a more meaningful song, if that makes sense. Like, because Rosé came out with two songs a couple months ago, and those are kind of more about her and her journey, and then Jenny had Solo a couple years back, yeah, where she kind of talked about just kind of being alone and being a bad bitch. Sorry, I don't know if I could cuss on here, but... A, um, a bad B, a bad yeah, B, because like, yeah, that was also she came out with that song shortly after her and a member from EXO broke up because <laughs> people in K-pop, K-pop fans didn't approve of the oh, two I dating. Yeah, so then shortly after she came out with that song, like I'm a bad B, I can be alone. Yeah. Um, so I just wish because Lee, Lisa's so talented. And I just wish she could have came out with something that not better per se, but yeah. But does she have like, was she able to? Because I know like in the I, industry, a lot of things are micromanaged. Yeah, but I think because yeah. Lisa's so good at dancing, um, that's kind of what her um, role is in the group, anyways. Um, they wanted to come out with a more dancey song for her, but I feel like. It could have been a dancey song, but also better. Like CL's recent songs are dancey as well, but um, more the the lyrics have more behind it yeah, rather than my name is just Lisa. You know. Yeah. So, do you want the lyrics to be better, or do you want there to be more vocal composition? I think both. Like vocal range. Oh, both, yeah. both, both, and just more personal. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, other yeah. than I am Lisa, like yeah. it could have been a little bit like yeah more to it. But you're right, Nate. They're they're painting an image, right? They're trying to mm-hmm. produce her as this is her solo act. 
but I mean, it, it could definitely be a start for her, you know, to pave way to uh, start doing that and heading that direction. But uh, yeah, if you watch her interaction, she's a goofball, right? She's totally like the one of the babies of the group, and she's a goofball. But in the videos, you know, she always comes off as a baddie or someone who's gonna kind of kill you, you know, or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they have this persona as well. But in reality, they're just kids. You know, a lot of these, uh, you know, they're women, but a lot of them start out as kids. You know, they start out at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old, and you know, it's it's kind of. Kind of interesting how the the company wants to show them sometimes as being something, but and then when you watch them, you realize, oh, they're they're just they're teenage girls, you know, the way they act sometimes. All right, cool. Thank you for your recommendations. Um, we're kind of on the same vein, uh, and maybe we can talk more about um things that you would recommend. But on the same kind of thread. Is there a band like right now? Let's say you meet you meet someone who's never tried K-pop or is or is resistant to trying K-pop. Is there anyone that you would recommend them to try as kind of like, hey, you should give this band a try. You might like them. Um, give them a listen. Someone who might be reluctant. Nathan, you got anyone like that? Yeah, I actually do. I mean. Depending who they are, because obviously I recommend music, I kind of listen to their type of music first. But overall, I think uh, GOT7, 17, Big Bang, uh, BTS, they have, like, their music, I think, is, like, such a wide range. You know, it's not very monotone. So I definitely recommend them. Um, But, like, if I just had to, like, recommend singles from certain people, you know, I think, like love uh scenario from icon is amazing uh-huh. um instagram uh you know zyko dean like they have some really good singles there too but overall yeah i think got seven big bang let's talk about let's talk about got seven for a second uh i like just right but is there a song that you like that you might recommend someone for the first time uh let's see god this is i really like eclipse i think eclipse is one of my favorites from them okay I heard about GOT7 because I watched the drama He is Psychometric. Have you ever heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, what do you guys know about GOT7? You got any background on GOT7? Oh, I just know they make great music. Uh, I think Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I think Florida. Yeah, I don't know much about them. I know a little more about the team. Um, there are seven members, hence GOT7. There are actually... They're technically not disbanded right now, but they are no longer with JYP. And um, mm. for they said that they'll continue to do group activities, but for now, um, a lot of them are doing individual activities. I think JB and Yugum recently both came out with albums. I think so did Bam Bam. So a lot of them have been coming out with albums. They also have three foreign um, members. So there's Mark, there's Bam Bam, and then there's Jackson. So those are all foreign members from the U.S., Hong Kong, and Thailand. 
So pretty yeah. diverse group too, kind of 50-50 almost. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they left the company in January 19, 2021, but they still released a single a month later. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. I didn't know they got disbanded. Or not disbanded, but kicked out. They didn't get kicked the out. They, Sorry, they left just the company. Didn't, yeah, they just didn't um, re-sign their contract. And I agree with you, too, on this love scenario. But when I first heard them saying it, I was like, Senorio? What's a Senorio? <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? But uh, I was talking to someone mentioned while well, I was playing this song. So, um, you know, last year at Zoom High School, right? I was teaching on Zoom. And so I like to play music in and out of class. And so one, one day I played this song. And one of my students, shout out to Layla, uh, she kind of went on a little rant about um, Icon being kind of not. I don't know, supported as much as they could be. And mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, YG was all about Blackpink and, and kind of forgot about some of their other bands a little bit. But I love this song. I think it, like, it brings like an upbeat but also very chill atmosphere in the song. Yeah, super catchy. It's got a little rap. It's got a little singing. Rio. Cenario. Flores, your icon fan too? Yes. I, I am a huge YG fan to begin with. <laughs> but I think like this adds on to like what I was saying earlier with like they have very great vocals, super catchy, but the visuals it's like not like super out there. It's not overdone. Their dancing is solid and tight, but not crazy yeah. athletic, you know. I, like, I think that's really also crazy. why I kind of like YG more than other um companies. Because um, they definitely focus, oh, this is kind of controversial, but I would think they focus more on the music aspect rather than uh, visuals or dance. Obviously, those are still incorporated because that's a huge part of K-pop, but it's not as important to YG, I guess, in a way. Hmm, that's good. Interesting. Yeah. How about you, Flores? Do you have a band that you would recommend to someone who's never listened to K-pop before? I think Nathan mentioned a lot of the groups that I would say, but um, as we're talking, I think Day Six kind of popped up in my head. Or I think the newer one, yeah. like with the um, kids, or like there was a the member kids. who was like seventeen or something. Uh, no, Day Six is pretty grown. Oh, okay. <laughs> and their sound, like I, I found out about them. I, I found Zombie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's just a catchy, you know, really catchy song, kind of like Love Scenario. But then I listen to some of their other stuff, and their sound is really different, I think, than other bands. And Day Six is kind of similar to like CM Blue and FT Island, where they all play an instrument. So kind of different from your 
uh, stereotypical uh, K-pop band. Oh, I didn't know Daytech. They all play the instrument. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they're a Thank real you. band. What song do you want uh, to play? I really like You Were Beautiful. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Who do, who wouldn't like to be called You Are Beautiful? Were. Okay. <laughs> were. You were. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. It's not You Are Beautiful. It's You Were Beautiful. Okay, I don't know if I like it anymore. <laughs> I've heard I've heard Zombie completely in English. Do they do all a lot of their songs all in English? Um, no, most of them are in Korean. Okay, yeah, I don't know who they remind me of. Kind of throwback, like a little bit, like a throwback, like an American band. I, I'm trying to think. Do you think they sound like anyone? Not for me. Hmm. Yeah, I'll think about it. But... I don't know. They have a they have kind of a, a Western sound to them, kind of an American sound. But I don't know. I mean, two of them are from uh, Canada and America, so maybe it's just their instrumentation. Maybe because they're actually mm-hmm. a band, you know, it's not yeah. not all electronic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it sounds a little more American to me. But yeah, no, they're good. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, now I don't even know if this counts as K-pop. What What do you guys think? I'm gonna say Akmu. Uh, Akmu is, is definitely K-pop, I would say. Okay, all right. But they're not, you know, they're not your typical boy mm-hmm. band or girl band, right? They are a brother and sister team. Uh, they want a reality show, K-pop Star 2, in 2012. And they want it kind of running away. Like, I think they um, their sound was so different. It was kind of goofy. And uh, he plays guitar, so a lot of their, their songs were acoustic. And their harmony, they're... They're really good singers, mm-hmm. I think. Some of the best singers. And their harmonies are really good. They don't really dance, you know, they're not they don't choreograph anything. But I think um if you are not necessarily into the kind of the bubblegum pop kind of sound of K pop, uh give Akmu a try. A K M U. Uh what does it stand for? Octong music? Octong musician. Octong Octong musician. But um, they're doing a lot of collaborations. But I would say, hmm, what song should I pick here? I'm going to say, I like I like 200% because of the rapping mm-hmm. part. He also writes all of their songs. Oh, so. crazy. Yeah, they're super talented. They're super talented. Yes, I'm a soldier. Sweet 
야 이건 Hey with it, let's come on love s e 아무래도 이거는 이거는 It must be L-O-V-E Be back first and sure Yeah, but you know, not Not your typical, they just look like normal kids, you know, they don't look like movie stars or supermodels, you know, they just look like some young people in Korea. Um, but yeah, so talented and super listenable. I would give it a try. For those of you out here who have never tried K-pop, give them a try. The other one is not an unknown name, but I'm going to recommend the megastar, Korea's little sister, I'm going to mention IU. IU is, if you don't know IU from either her K dramas, she's done, you know, Hotel Del Luna and My Mister and、uh, Scarlet Heart Rio. She's done a bunch of K dramas. But she's such a good singer. Like, and I've heard her, I mean, I haven't heard her live, but I've heard her sing live. And it, it sounds just like her recordings. Like, she's not out of tune. She is just. Really good singer, and it sounds I, I, her sound is kind of like someone whispering in your ear. She has a big voice when she wants to, but a lot of times her lyrics are just so sultry and soft. And so, again, again, if you're if you're not into K pop and you don't know what it's all about, give IU a try. I mean, she has ballads, I, I like her ballads a lot, but she has some some pop music too, like BB's. Kind of her biggest pop song, probably. Yeah, she did like a few collaborations, which are like more pop. Yeah, yeah, I like her collaboration with Zyko or Zico. Zico. I think it's Zico. Oh, Zico. it's a Zico. I see Zico. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, she does a lot of collaborations. She did one with, is it Sugar? Sugar. Sugar,、uh, Sugar and Beacon, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's really good. I, I would recommend that song by her.、Uh, yeah, she also yeah, did、yeah. like, I think, a collab with Crush and stuff. GD previously,、mm-hmm. but she is really, really good live. I've seen her once in Korea. Oh, you yeah, yeah.、Oh. Did you like her song with、uh, GD? I did. I really like that song. Yeah, so give IU a try or give her dramas a try. You know, she's super talented. And then I saw her on、um, Hyori's Bed and Breakfast. I don't know if you ever watched that show on Netflix, but、uh, Lee Yi Hyori did a、um, reality show where she has people come to her house, and IU was one of the helpers there. She's called the part timer. And she's just so down to earth and super nice and just interacted with these guests who were. Clearly starstruck with her, but after a minute, they just realized that she's just a nice person. 
So, huge IU fan. Uh, this is actually kind of a, a, a Viv pick, too. Viv uh, is a huge IU fan. So, my wife throws in IU as a possible person to get started with, with K-pop. Again, is she is she K-pop? Or, yeah, I mean, she's she does some pop, but she's just a great talent. Yeah, I would say some of her music are pop. So, that would be yeah. I, I would still call her a K-pop artist, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's not R&B or anything, yeah. Uh, how about you, Flores? You got someone to recommend for someone Ooh. who's not getting into this? I think you mentioned um, Seventeen. You want to talk yeah, about Seventeen? Yeah, Seventeen. Um, lots of members. Used to have Seventeen members, but currently at Thirteen. They do a lot of subgroups, so I think that's why I kind of thought that would be a good gateway yeah so they do a lot of subgroups there's like a rap group a dance group a more vocal um subgroup That's a lot. That's a lot of dudes. <laughs> so. Yeah, thirteen guys, and they're really, really good at dancing. I think that's a huge part of their uh, thing too. Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely find a bias. Yeah, uh, one out of the thirteen guys, you have to have a favorite, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard at first, though. If you're just getting started, it's kind of overwhelming to to figure out who's who. That's true. Who's your bias, Flores? Oh, hard, but my bias would have to be Mingyu. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a while to choose just one. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> With that many guys, it's like they don't have very much screen time, you know? Like, <laughs> you don't get to see each one of them very often. What's... But yeah, they're yeah, good. What song were you talking about, Nathan? He was also talking about Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Stay With Me. Um, I forgot. It's just like... It's just like the intro, or not the intro, but like you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, it's like in the K drama. It's like a girl about to get hit by a truck. Oh, by Tanyo. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. by Tanyo. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, that's such a good song. I feel like. I, I think I think Curtis would know that song. Yeah. Really? Tanyo. Uh, you could just put EXO Stay With Me and should pop up. Really? You don't think it would go with Sam Smith? Oh, EXO. EXO, oh. yeah. Okay. That, that's why I specified. <laughs> I usually go with the... I put Goblin next to it. Because I think that's a drama. Too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I totally know this one. This one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, no, we're a huge, we're huge Goblin fans <laughs> over here. <laughs> Falling 
나를 부르네 calling Hey 안할수 없어 제발 hold me 내 인연의 끈이 있는지 기다린 네가 맞는지 가슴이 먼저 왜 내려앉는 now, it's kind of interesting that some of, some of these folks, like Punch is kind of known for K-drama soundtracks, right? That's kind of her... Yeah, there's certain artists that mainly do K-drama soundtracks. Yeah. And it's like one word, like crush or punch. <laughs> <laughs> she has that that voice, too, that just kind of... It's kind of haunting. Now, is EXO from that 2008 generation, too? It's kind of... Uh, I believe EXO debuted in 2012 or 2013. I like how you know this information off the top of your head. It's yeah. so, hard. <laughs> so hard. Oh, sorry, 2011. I'm a little off. Oh, Embarrassing. Only one year off. Now, is EXO still performing? Are they still around? Are they... They're still around. Yeah. But I think another great thing about, like, technology and stuff like that, like, we were talking about YouTube. I think another platform now that's, like, really slowly bringing up Korean music too is uh tiktok oh yeah for sure yeah yeah now if you want to have a hit nowadays you have to have some kind of a challenge you know you have to have someone doing your stuff yeah i think i i, I was so sad it was like one artist who was really trying to push his song and like was doing the challenge but like it wasn't that hot and no one picked, picked it, it up, up. <laughs> it was Ho, which was really sad i thought because I felt like it had so much potential. It was a great song. The dance, you know, was like all right, but not everybody was doing it. All right. So those are some good recommendations. Uh, thanks for making those. Uh, we're going to get a little deeper into it in part two. But guess what, y'all? That's the end of part one of episode 10. That flew by. Good chat and K-pop with these folks, but uh, if you want to find out some more bands, listen in to part two, which will be coming out next week. Uh, thank you to Nate and Flores for coming by, and thank you everyone out there for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts. If you want to flame us for our, <laughs> our biases, go ahead. You can email us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the infatuation podcast i'll put all these details in the notes uh after this episode we're doing one on frozen foods so we're going to do asian frozen foods so come by for that one we're going to try out some different ones that we might want to recommend to you check that out uh follow us on any of the places where you get your podcasts like spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, formerly known as iTunes. <laughs> but follow us along, follow us there, and uh, then you'll know when the new episodes are coming. But until then, on behalf of Nathan, Flores, and myself, we hope you're all happy and healthy and safe out there. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Jag kan sådär.